and times where I go through challenges, I go back to that moment and I say, you made it through that. And you, you came out on the other side with some of the most incredible blessings that you are so grateful for. So this is a piece of cake, you know, you got this. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to episode 189 of Hurdle, a wellness focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and have some fun along the way. I hope everybody had a great holiday. And for those of you that are online this week, I am too. (laughs) You are not alone. We can do hard things. And that's why I am bringing you this episode specifically to remind you that episode 189, I am chatting with Peloton instructor, Kirsten Ferguson. You know that the the fitness circle in New York is quite small. So a lot of the Peloton instructors that I've had on the show, I have met them before, we've hung out before, but Kirsten is new to the squad and we hadn't spoken before. And so this was a really exciting opportunity to get to know her better. In today's episode, we talk mostly about the hardships that she's faced over the last decade from struggling to have children and navigating multiple miscarriages to navigating divorce. Kirsten talks to me about how she got into fitness, eventually teaching spin at home during the pandemic and the beautiful, literally like serendipitous way that Peloton came to her in her life, perhaps when she really needed it most. I cannot say thank you to Kirsten enough. I really appreciate her vulnerability, her openness, especially when it comes to such hard, hard moments. She says it in today's episode, and I can really, really identify with this, that she is open about the struggles that she faced with miscarriage because she knows that being vocal will help and empower women to feel less alone on their journey. And that is why I'm open and honest about things that I have been through. I know how important it is for us to find that connection. Life's hard enough as it is, right? Thank you, Kirsten, again. I really appreciate it. And I'm super excited to bring this episode to the feed. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. And I had a lot of reach out last week from individuals who wanted to go to the goal setting workshop, but could not make it live. Well, the good news is that I have an on-demand workshop that you can take to gear yourself up for 2022 and beyond. I will link the on-demand goal-setting workshop in the show notes, and I hope that it can help you on your journey. That's it for now. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Kirsten Ferguson. She is a Peloton instructor. How are you doing today, Kirsten? I am good. I am good. It is what day is it? I don't even know what day it is. It's Monday morning. It's Christmas time. My toddlers are off school for two weeks. It is crazy town in the Ferguson household, but all is well. (laughs) How is that for you? What does the momming and the work combo look like for you these days? You know, every day is different. Every day is a journey. I like to say figuring it out as I go, uh, balancing it all every day is a new challenge, a new day, but it's been going good so far, four months in and it's been good. (laughs) We won't, we won't like jump ahead too fast, too soon, but you've only been teaching at Peloton for a short while now. Yes. It's been almost four months. So still fresh, still new, even though I feel like I've been here forever. um, (laughs) You just get started and then it's just like, you're, you're on the journey and you're like off to the races, but it's been great. Off to the races. Well, you're no stranger to inspiring people via fitness. Have you always been a super active person? So in high school, I played basketball, but I didn't really fall in love with fitness until I started my journey towards motherhood. So, I mean, I played basketball and did things, but when I moved to New York City to go to fashion school, uh, I kind of hung up my Nikes for stilettos and 
did the whole New York City fashion route for a little bit until I found that, you know what, this isn't really for me. Um, and I actually started working for the NFL in marketing. Wow. Hard pivot for you. Hard pivot. I, I feel like I'm a cat. I've lived like nine lives. <laughs> <laughs> what interested you in getting involved in marketing? Because again, such like a big detour from where you had been originally. Yeah. So I was studying fashion merchandising. I thought it was what I wanted to do. I thought shopping for a living, how fabulous. Um, and it wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't what I thought. And I had a friend that worked at the NFL and I just went in for an interview for to be an assistant in sponsorship, which I had no idea what that was at the time. I'm in the interview Googling what is sponsorship and I got the job and I figured it out. Seven years later, I was still there loving what I did. And I, I've, I have been one that just trust the process, trust the journey and see where it takes you. And um, that's where it kind of ended me up for seven years. And then I did the Beyonce Super Bowl halftime show and it was like, mic drop. What do you do after that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so interesting, right? Because I think a lot of people often hesitate to go for opportunities like the one you just mentioned in the NFL and sponsorships because either like a little imposter syndrome gets in the way or they're like, well, I, I can't be good as, as good as whoever else like could be up for this. So do you think that you always had that sense of boldness or was this kind of a skill that you acquired over over time. Gosh, no, it is something I acquired over time. And it's something I'm still fighting to this day. You know, even when I was in that interview, I was having those conversations with myself, like, girl, you, you, you know, you are not qualified for this job. What are you doing here? But I just did it. And I, I've learned to just try something and see what happens. And that has been my journey, even up to my Peloton auditions. I couldn't believe that it was happening for me. In my head, I was going through all the reasons why I was not qualified to do this role at all. But I said, you know what, Kirsten, just go through the process. You know, the, what's the worst that can happen? They don't choose you, but look at all the lessons you could learn through the process. And, you know, I stuck with that every single interview, every single audition, and look where it's gotten me. So I've really learned to trust that. But in the past, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Fear had stopped me so many times in my life from taking things or doing things or believing that I could do things. Um, but I think it wasn't until like the last four years where I really started to just embrace fear. If you don't have those butterflies in your stomach, if you don't have that, is it, is it really where you're supposed to be? You know, I've started to realize that. And it's really worked in my favor. And you mentioned not really getting heavily into fitness until your journey to motherhood began. Tell us a little bit about perhaps the catalyst for that with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I had worked at the NFL for seven years. And at the time, my husband at the time and I were like, maybe it's time to have some kids. He was working at the NFL at the time or working for the NFL. He played for the Jets for 10 years and I was working for the NFL and it, we were just so crazy. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we step away. I'll step away and you really try this mom life out. And, um, you know, just thinking that that was just the next step in life. Right. And, you know, so many of my friends were having children and I was like, this is, this is it. This is the time. And it didn't happen like that for me. Um, I struggled to get pregnant um, for a while. Uh, we tried for, for a little over a year. Um, and then I did get pregnant and we were so excited. It was around Mother's Day and we couldn't wait to tell our family. And then I miscarried. And then I had a really difficult miscarriage that forced me to have some procedures done. Um, and then we had to wait uh, another six, seven months before we could try again. So there was a lot of, it was a dark time, a dark place for me. And that's where I really started to fall in love with fitness. That's where I could find um, peace uh, for me was just going into a dark room and working out and focusing on the things that I could control because I couldn't control this. I wanted so much to be a mother, but it was not happening for me in the way that I wanted it to. I have, have control issues at times. Um, <laughs> and so um, that's really where I fell in love with fitness. Um, but then after that, we tried again. We got pregnant. We heard a heartbeat, which was one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard in my life. Everything was going great. The checkups were going great. Um, we were about to travel. So I went for another ultrasound. 
and the baby had no heartbeat. And I feel like that was probably the darkest point of my life um, because I felt like I was finally on the other side, you know, got through that and um, we heard the heartbeat and there was life there and then there wasn't. And so it was through that, that I, again, I just, that day that I found out that I was miscarrying, I went right to the gym and um, I just found peace in it. Um, but then there is a happy ending to the story. Five months later, I got pregnant again with my daughter, Eden Grace Ferguson, who is now six. And then six months after she was born, in came Emery Faith Ferguson. <laughs> so, um, and they are the loves of my life and my why and all the things that I do today. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. God was like, I know I really threw you for a loop there for a while, but six months after your first one, I'm back with a vengeance. I had a lot of things to learn. You know, I think there's a lot of things to learn um, in the dark time, in the quiet time. I say this all the time, you know, through the dark comes light. And um, that has been, you know, something I've carried with me. And, you know, and times where I go through challenges, I go back to that moment and I say, you made it through that. And you, you came out on the other side with some of the most incredible blessings that you should be so grateful for, or you are so grateful for. So this is a piece of cake, you know, you got this. It's an acquired skill or perhaps a personality trait to lean into something positive for yourself, like health and wellness and fitness versus obviously so many other opportunities or things that could be available to you, um, perhaps other, you know, potentially mm -hmm. addictive things. And so for you in leaning in to health and fitness, uh, was it bigger than just the act of health and fitness? What did you have a big community behind you? Talk to me about what that had looked like for you at that time. Yeah. At that time, I mean, I, I had a lot of friends that loved me, but they were all having children. And it, for me at that time, it was hard to be around those friends. It was hard to sit at dinner with those friends where they all thing they talk about is their kids or they would complain about things. And I'd be like, gosh, I would do anything for that, you know? So it became difficult to even be around people that I loved and I knew that loved me. Um, and so getting into fitness, I was able to just find peace and solace in there. And I built a community of friends there that were just focused on that just that, you know, working out, having a good time while we did it, listening to amazing music, getting inspired by instructors. Um, you know, sometimes instructors say just the right thing at just the right moment when you need it the most. So it became a place of peace for me. And then even after I became a mother, it became, a, it is still a place of solace. I call it my mommy, my mommy off time, you know, because I'm able <laughs> to take one hour a day where I can focus on me and not worry about all the laundry list of things I have to get through through the day. Um, so it is, it is just so much more than the workout for me. The workout is, is, and is the place for me. And, you know, the health benefits and all the things are great that come along with it, but it's also more about just the space for peace for me um, and solace that I find in it. To be the friend that maybe you didn't really feel comfortable being around at that point. And whether this is because maybe your friends, as you said, some of them had kids, they were talking about having kids or like, just like you needing your own space. Mm -hmm. Like what advice do you have to the people that like want to support someone who is going through a difficult time like you want to hold space for them, but might not know how to show up having experienced situations like that myself, unfortunately, with mm -hmm. friends who have also lost wanting to know like what your perspective would be on how to show up. Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting question. I think being who they are and not treating you any different, but you know, maybe it's not the lunch. Maybe it is going, finding out what I am loving to do and, and going with me, you know, going with me to the gym or, you know, trying a different workout with me um, where it's not, you know, let's sit around the table and show the pictures and, and just knowing and, and having a sensitivity around it. You know, um, I think that's important. And, you know, talking about it, understanding where you, how you're feeling, 
um, and, and asking how they can support you. I think that is, is, is helpful when, when someone's grieving and hurting, um, in that space. But, you know, one of the things I realized is, and that's why I'm so vocal about what I've went through is not everybody is vocal about it. So at the time I felt very alone. And Mm. so once I started speaking about it more and finding that there were other women that have gone through this, I found hope in that. I found peace in that. And, and that is why I'm so vocal about sharing my story is that, you know, if somebody else is going through that, knowing that they're not alone. Did you going through this time after the second miscarriage, I would imagine maybe there was even a certain level of fear about getting pregnant again, even though it was something that you so desperately wanted. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Um, the moment I found out I was pregnant, um, every step of the way, I, I didn't believe it was going to happen. Um, I didn't tell a lot of people, you know, it be, in the beginning I did, but with, when I got pregnant the third time, I didn't tell a lot of people because I didn't want to have to go through the text chain of all the people that I told and just copy and paste, you know, and, and then have to deal with all, all of that over and over again. Um, so I didn't tell a lot of people I was terrified. I'm, I'm still terrified to this day, you know, just holding on, praying that I don't lose them. I don't think that fear ever goes away. I think that's just motherhood. That's just something that just comes with the territory now. Um, but every step of the way I was, I was, I was terrified. And, you know, again, working out was, was a place that helped me deal with that. You know, once I was cleared to work out, I had to take the first trimester off because I was kind of considered high risk, um, after my first two miscarriages. So I took the first uh, trimester off. But then once I was able to get back into working out, it was again, a, a place of peace um, and solace for me. And I really had to battle my control issues because <laughs> mother, like childbirth and uh, you can't control it. It's There's so many little things that have to happen for this miracle to come to the, into the world. Um, and you have absolutely no control over it. As much as you think you do, you don't. Um, and so really finding peace in that, um, was, was a constant battle for me. Yeah. I mean, letting go, forget like just like in motherhood, like in general is such a difficult thing for so many and something that so many of us have had to learn how to do a little bit better over the last couple of years. And every, every single one of my classes, (laughs) I make you take three big inhales before we get into the actual workout. And the last inhale, I say, let it go like Elsa baby, because so, and it could be anything, but we are carrying so much and we can't control everything, you know, and there's just moments where you just got to let it go. Got to let it go. When do you transition from someone that seeks out fitness as a tool to, to cope, to feel good, to find that solace, to being a person who wants to be at the forefront of helping other people find that same feeling? I had no idea I wanted to do it until I actually stepped out and did it. Oh, I love that. I was riding at a, at a studio and someone said to me, have you ever thought about being an instructor? I was like, absolutely not. Like I, when I tell you I was terrified of speaking in front of people, I was always the girl that would never raise her hand in class. I never wanted to present at work. I was terrified of doing work presentations in front of people, terrified. Um, I was like, absolutely not. But something inside of me said, you know what, look. And I looked up and that company um, had auditions. And so I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try it, see what happens. It could just be fun. It could just be a fun experience to just take my myself into something super uncomfortable and just try it. So I did it. And I remember the moment where I put the mic on my face and I looked at myself in the mirror. And I said, wow, this is what you're supposed to do. And it was a moment where I was kind of in shock because I never in a million years thought that this was something I could do. And even while I was training, I doubted myself, imposter syndrome constantly because I'd never done it before. But once I started to just be authentically me and, and share my heart, it, everything changed for me. You know, I thought you know, after going through what I went through and having my children, I thought that being a mother was going to be it for me. And that, that was, that was what I was meant to be on this earth. But then I was a longing, something still inside of me, like you have more to give besides this. 
And I struggled with trying to figure that out. And it wasn't until I looked at myself in the mirror with that mic on my face that it was like, this is it. And it wasn't easy. It was not easy. But I knew in that moment that this is what I was meant to do. Two logistical questions. The first question being, how long did that training period take for you? So I was in training for three months, but then um, my daughter had a medical issue. She ended up having a seizure out of nowhere. And so my world was rocked. My world was rocked. And like I said, I was holding on to my babies with dear life. Um, So I walked away actually from that particular company. And I focused on my daughter. There was tons of doctor's appointments, tons of follow-ups. And it was almost heartbreaking because it was like, man, I feel like I found what I want to do. But in this moment, I need to be the mom. And so I did that. And then another opportunity came up and I started teaching at a smaller gym out here in New Jersey. And that's where everything changed for me. That's where it just clicked. There was no more imposter syndrome. It was like, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to inspire the people in this, in this town and this community. And it blew up from there. And then COVID hit. And <laughs> I was like, man, I'm just getting like, I'm, it was about to take off. And then COVID hit. And I had COVID like right as soon as our gym shut down. And so I remember being at home with COVID for three three weeks. I had to send my babies away. And it was in that moment where it was like, what are you going to do? Everybody's trying to figure it out. What are you going to do? And I knew how I was feeling in that moment. I was feeling scared. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling so many emotions that I think a lot of people were feeling. And I was like, how can I be a light for people in this time? So girl, I took out my phone. I never did an Instagram live a day in my life. I was like, here we go. I put on the light, pulled out my Peloton bike that I had since 2015. And I started teaching on that thing and it blew up from there. It blew up from there. And then six months later, I heard from Peloton. (laughs) Isn't that the beautiful thing about riding a Peloton stuck inside your own home, isn't it? (laughs) You never know what can happen for you. You never know what could happen for you. You know, it's a I commend you because so many of the stories that you've shared so far, the circumstance, whether it be between the losses that you experience within your family or, you know, the scary moment that happened with your daughter, so many instances where you could have just let the fear win, right? And it's beautiful to see the acknowledgement that you have over that inner voice that says, but there's more for Mm -hmm. you. A lot of people struggle to let that inner voice like truly guide their way, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, with the like magnitude of the situations that you experience. So I totally commend you on that. Um, Do you remember? I mean, I'm sure you do. But do you remember where you were when you got the call or were you with her when your daughter experienced that seizure? So this is the crazy thing. And, and I, I, I don't know what everybody believes. I believe in God. And it was, it was something that, you know, I saw something on my, on my cameras, on my phone. And usually if she gets up, I, I let her just go back to sleep. But something told me to go upstairs. So I went upstairs and she was sitting up in the bed in a blank stare. I was like, you all right? And then I went over to her and then she just started seizing in my arms. And I, it was, thank God my mother was here. My mom's a nurse. Thank God she was in town. She ran upstairs and, you know, it it was terrifying. You know, we called the ambulance and rushed her to the hospital, but it was just one of those moments. I was in the right place at the right time. I had the cameras, so I had everything on camera. So I was able to show the doctors what happened. Um, You know, so that's, it was really like, God telling me to go upstairs to your child right now. And it was after a long day. I was at at training all day and I could have just looked at the phone and be like, oh, she'll go back to bed. But something told me to go upstairs. 
Wow. Wow. I have like goosebumps yeah. all over my entire body yeah. right now. Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> I always brought back to that moment. It's terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah, of course. And I, if I was you, I mean, let's talk about control. Like I can't even tell you like how I would not live with like my phone and that camera plastered in my hand for the rest of my year. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. I'm always going and checking on them all the time. <laughs> I remember uh, some of my friends when they became first time mothers as like most first time mothers do like you go through that first phase where like you literally go into their room and just check that they're breathing like at least 12 times a night. Uh, all the time all the time <laughs> or like if they have a You're cold like, they're like sleeping on you like I it's it, it, you never stop like when I tell you you never stop worrying you never stop you never stop. And the the other thing to touch on here, I love what you said about uh, starting to teach from home and pulling out this like 2015 Peloton bike. Again, another example of like why you're such an interesting and special person, because so many people I think struggle with the idea of things need to be a certain way or things need to be perfect. And for you to have absolutely no experience trying to do something like this with the Instagram, nevertheless, to do something like this with this bike that like seems to have been collecting a little bit of dust at home. What a cool thing for you to do. It was, it was awesome. And, you know, just stepping into to doing something different and, you know, I feel like everything in life happens for a reason. I had never taught to the camera before. I've never talked to a room with nobody in it, with no energy. And I didn't know in that moment, it was preparing me for what I do now, teaching, you know, on the tread to a camera, nobody else is in the room, but me, you know, it was preparing me for this moment. You know, when you look back on things, you're like, man, I had no idea what I was doing then, but it prepared me for what I'm doing now. Yeah. So what, uh, what was going on in your life? I mean, COVID gestures loosely, but what was going on in your life, uh, when you finally heard from Peloton? So I was teaching at home. I was homeschooling my kids. All hell was breaking loose. You know, I was separating from my, my partner at the time. It was literally like, all hell was was going on in this house. And then to get that message, it was, I was in awe. I believe in the power of manifestation. And in the beginning of COVID, I really sat down to figure out, okay, what, what do I want for my life? And I have a bunch of post-it notes in my manifestation wall. And I have one that said, I want to be a Peloton instructor. And, and so to get that message they slid in the DMs, girl. They slid in the DMs. And I was like, man, is this real? If this person asked for my <laughs> social security number, I know this is not real. But it was real. And I, I've been in awe of this whole process ever since. Um, you know, they they reached out and I, I went for my first interview. And it's been absolutely incredible ever since. I feel like I've had permanent dimple smiles since that day. <laughs> well, the interesting thing here is that you have been teaching spin and now you're teaching tread. Talk to us about that and how that kind of panned out. Absolutely. So, you know, they reached out and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I manifested this. Ah, this is incredible. <laughs> and, you know, the first interview went amazing. And then they reached out again and they were like, so we don't have much room on the bike. We we're pretty at capacity there. Um, what are your thoughts about auditioning for the tread and I was and I have one. I was like, well, I have one. I love just Sims and those boot camps, baby. I'm here for it, but I've never taught it. Me too, lady. Me too. That's my girl. But I'm like, what? Okay. It's like, and I had to go back to that space. You've done this before. You've walked into rooms that you didn't know what you were doing, and you've done it. Go back to that person. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna audition. I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna study my butt off. I'm going to be totally confident in what I'm doing. I'm going to get all the credentials that I need um, to be certified to be able to do this. And let's go. And I'm going to learn from the best in the industry. You know, yet, were there times where I was like, girl, you are not Bex. You are not Matt Wilpers. They run marathons. You've never done that before. I don't even know if you want to do that. Are you sure you can do this? <laughs> there, I was absolutely having those moments, but then there was but another time where it was like, Kirsten, you are meant for this. You, your desire to do this is to change lives. And if it's to do it on a tread, a bike with some weights, whatever it is, 
go do that. Hey, I'm not foreshadowing anything, but you know that 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 you know that Jess started doing exactly what you're doing. And then all of a sudden one day she was on the bike. So maybe there's a future. You never know. You know, there's power (laughs) in manifestation. I'll tell you that. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsor, giving some love today to my friends at Beam. Now, specifically today, I want to talk to you about Beam Dream. You may have heard me talk about it on the show before, and that is because I am head over heels for this stuff. Beam Dream is a delicious CBD-based hot cocoa. It promotes better sleep and a more refreshed morning. It tastes so good. And the best part about that is that it also is made without artificial sweeteners or added sugar. So it tastes this good and it's got none of that bad stuff. It also contains five powerful ingredients, including nano CBD, reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and melatonin to help you get the shut eye that I'm telling you, you deserve it. Especially because good sleep is imperative for not only your physical health, but also your mental well-being. I am all about all good things in moderation, including ice cream every now and again. But a lot of the time, I want something sweet, but I know that it may not be the best idea for me to take that pint out of the freezer. So Beam Dream has come in the clutch when it comes to this. The best part of it being that this sweet treat also helps me sleep better. Beam has an awesome discount for you. If you head on over to beamorganics.com slash hurdle, that's beam, B-E-A-M, organics.com slash hurdle, you can get 35% off your first month subscription of Beam Dream today, plus a free mug and frother. Again, head on over to beamorganics.com slash hurdle to get 35% off your first month of Beam Dream, plus some freebies. A-S-A-P. I would love to, to dial back before we keep talking about Peloton, uh, because I do know that there are so many individuals uh, listening to this right now who dealt with uh, a similar difficulty in their personal lives during COVID and that they uh, also separated from their partner or walked away from a long-term relationship. Uh, for you, what would you say was the most difficult part of that for you and your family? Um, for me and my family, it was, it was my girls. It was making sure they were okay. Um, luckily, we co-parent beautifully. He's a great human being, but we just came to the realization that this wasn't it anymore. And we wanted to choose happiness. And when we both were in alignment on that, it was good. Were there hard days as a single mom? 110,000%. Was it worth it? Yes. Yes. More doors opened for me that I didn't even know was possible by allowing that one to close. You know, Mm. I made myself small in that relationship. I would never have believed in myself to be able to do this. And so it was a necessary step. And now I'm able to really walk and be who I am. And my daughters are able to see me happy. They're able to watch me chase after my dreams. They think I'm Beyonce, by the way. <laughs> As they should. And so, oh, like, man. So what funny. a great thing to just have two little mini-me's looking up to you all of the time. Yes, 100%. And I watched my mother do it for me. She was single mom and killed a male dominated field. I remember her watching her walk into work in a power red suit, like all of these memories I still have with me and carry with me. And I want my girls to see that in me and know that they don't need to stay in a relationship that on paper looks perfect. If you're unhappy, you know, life is way too short. And and, and during COVID, I think we all started to realize that. And so that would just be my my only like one thing I would want to share is just, you know, life is too short, you know, and if, if you are in agreement and alignment that that is what you need to do, you know, step out on faith, you know, is, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it worth it? 100%. At least it was for me. That sentence, like if you are in agreement and alignment, like it's great that the two of you were, but sometimes you need to like be very honest with you about, you know, what it is that you need. And it can be 
frightening, as you said, absolutely frightening, but something that your girl says, I, uh, I want it more than I fear it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're going after? What is it that like burns that fire inside of you so that you can go to your next level of potential? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting as well, because I, I hear what you're saying. Like I shrunk myself so much in that. And I think that sometimes when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the thick of it, like you kind of know that, but you also don't realize like how much of yourself you're sacrificing in these difficult moments. And that truly, it's something that you almost have to go through a difficult time like that, uh, whether it's because of a relationship or so many other of the hurdles that we go through in, in our lives. But it's almost like by going through these hurdle moments, you learn the best way to proceed and how maybe not to make some of those same not the best for you decisions in the next phase and in the next phase and in the next chapter. Right. Absolutely. I truly believe there's no such thing as failure in life. It's a lesson. And you take that with you through every challenge that you go through. And, you know, for me, it was really being okay with it and then being open to what happens next. I still don't know, you know, I'm still, you know, definitely walking through it all. But I would not be able to be the person I am today if I if I stayed stuck, you know, and I yeah. and, and I would look at myself in the mirror and all the things that I'm coaching and, and, and telling everybody else to do. It was like I had a moment in the mirror, Kirsten, you need to walk the walk, too, you know, um, and be brave enough to do that. And it's hard. It's hard to like take your own advice was not a marriage. But I remember like I've been in, you know, situations or relationships. I was in this one particular relationship that was definitely emotionally abusive. And one day I looked in the mirror after probably not sleeping for a month, really, to any solid amount. And I just looked at myself and I asked myself, I was like, are you happy? Like, and you need like that moment of just like brutal honesty and it's hard as hell, but man, is it like a game changer, game changer, game changer, game changer. And you know, it makes you stronger throughout it all. So that when you do go through the next thing, cause you are going to go through the next thing, you are prepared for what you will and will not accept. Um, and I'm so proud of the woman that I see today because she was not the same woman that she was five years ago. Yeah. And I mean, also, of course, here, COVID playing such a big role in us doing a lot of that like interpersonal work. So not only like this crazy global pandemic going on, but you also changing careers coming into your own as like this beautiful mother taking care of two little girls. Did you develop any rituals or things in your own household that helped you get through some of these like really difficult moments? You know, I felt like it was a moment for us all to be still and really be focused on what is really important in life. And I know at that time I was so focused on um, my career and finding out what I wanted to do that, you know, it's always a balancing act, right? But, you know, my time with my children was kind of like this. And so when COVID hit, you're kind of forced <laughs> to spend time, real time with your family. And I started to really embrace that and um, focus on that. And, you know, we were going through a difficult time as a family, and I was grateful for the opportunity to really be there to love on my kids and know that even though me and their father are no longer together, they are still loved and just spend real meaningful time with them. I think that was one of the biggest things. It's not really a ritual, but it was something I was able to do, really spend intentional time with them. And now that, you know, we're starting to get out of it, um, still going back to that time, right? And mm. still being intentional with that. That was something I needed to learn. You know, I say everything does not need to be on the priority list, you know, but they are up there, you know, right there with it. Um, and sometimes you have to say no to other things to make that time um, special and important. So that's one thing I do hold on to. Priorities are such an interesting thing, right? Because it's so easy to feel um, shame from others when you choose and designate like what yours are. Right. 
100%. How do you how do you not have guilt or shame about what your priorities are? It's the power of no girl. I've had to learn it. Girl. I had to learn it. The power of no, you can't do everything and FOMO, yeah, you'll have it. But guess what? The next day there'll be another opportunity for you to do it, you know? Um just for peace of mind at this point, you know, you can't do it all. You know, sometimes you got to say no. You have to say no. Sometimes you got to say no. You just have to say no and speak up for yourself and, you know, say, this is not going to work for me right now. Maybe sometime down the road. And it's okay. It's okay. It's, I've, I've learned to be okay with that. I don't need to be at every event, every dinner, every, you know, everything. I don't need to be there. Um, you know, there's my, I have kids, a lot of my friends, some of the instructors, they don't, they all don't have kids. So they're all like, let's go out. I'm like, y'all, I would love to, but I have to class plan. I got two kids that are going to be in my face at 6am, you know? So there's times like you want to go, you want to like spend time with them, but like not tonight, maybe when they're with their their daddy. You know, you mentioned studying your butt off. I know you're an RRCA certified run coach. Uh, You worked your butt off to get to a place where you felt comfortable executing on the tread. What were those first few months? I know we're four in here, but what were those first couple of months really like for you? Well, I was in training for a while um, and I learned under Bex Ventry, who is my mentor. Um, She's so smart. And I would study her and I would study Matt Wilpers and I would take Justin's classes and really trying to figure out how can I bring me to the tread and not be like anybody else, but um, really learn this craft. And it took a lot. It took a lot of time. There were, we do reviews and I would be very critical on myself. I would listen to all the feedback and then come back two days later and do it. And so I was studying a lot. I was I would be on my Pel- my Peloton app on my phone, watching classes, listening to cues, um, listening to how certain instructors were different. So I would study a whole heck of a lot. I would take a lot of classes um, and then I would study myself. So every time I teach, even now, I'll go back and watch the classes that I taught and say, oh, I wouldn't have said that. Or girl, if you say, let's go team one more time, you know, so there's so many little things that you're so critical of, but I'll go back and rewatch it. So it's, it's still a work in progress. And I still go and watch a lot of my, well, I'm doing this three for 31 now where I'm running and taking a bunch of uh, my teammates classes. And so it's been good. It's, like, it's a constant, constantly learning. It's important to do that, right? Especially if you ever want to continue to excel at the thing that like lights you on fire and that makes you really excited, then the best way to do that is to, you know, go back, review, learn from the things that you've done so that you can then be better in the future. It's like, that's why professional athletes. And, you know, I would argue and say that you are one as well. Like people that are pros, they go back and they watch the game footage and it's because, Hey, if I, by doing this, we can take a learning so that we can just do it a little bit differently going forward. Please. I've spent God, I can't even articulate how many hours editing this show at this point. Right. But I would like to think that the way that I speak now is very much different <laughs> than, when you first than it was when I started. Absolutely. And now I'm so cognizant of the ums and the likes and the pauses. And oh my goodness, so thank God for editing, man. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I'll even I'll text Jess or I'll text Team Day like, hey, I don't know about that class. Can you mind taking it and giving me feedback? You know, I love feedback. You know, I think we're constantly growing and learning and, you know, I want to keep getting better and better at this. And I really look up to them. And so I lean on my teammates a lot, too. How do you navigate unsolicited feedback? You know, I I take it all, you know, I listen to it and I digest it. I try not to take it personally. It's very easy to be like, oh, can you believe she said this about me? But, you know, I really try to not take it personal um, and know that they're probably just trying to make me better or giving me advice. And if I feel like I'm in agreement with that, then I'll take it to consideration. Um, It depends on who's giving it also. Um, So being mindful of that, you know, everybody loves to have an opinion. Um, So, you know, just making sure you don't take it personal. Um, because it's very easy to do that. You think it's like directed right at you. Um, but you know, I think throughout this whole process, it, 
when I first started, I, I, felt, I told myself, embrace all the feedback that you're going to get. This is a learning opportunity for you. You've never done this before. Be open to it. Um, and I'm still open to it today. You know, really am. I, I, I seek it out more than I actually get it. Well, I think that's probably a highlight, especially, you know, the Peloton effect coming into this space and having an onslaught of new people that are watching so many of the things that you weren't doing before with all of these people watching. How has that transition been like for you? Um, it, it, it's been interesting, you know, but honestly, it has been so positive. And that's one of the most beautiful things about this community is they are so supportive. They are so loving. They like the messages that I get after a class, they have me in tears. And then just them being like, Oh my gosh, you read it. Oh my gosh, you responded. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. Like you just made my day. <laughs> and so it, it goes back and forth. You know, I feed off of their energy and you know, their love and support for me. So it's been incredible. Is it a lot sometimes to take in? Absolutely. But it's been really heartwarming and overwhelming at times because you're like, man, they, they really like me. Like, but it's been good. Overwhelming at times. Speaking of that, I'm sure over the last four months, there have certainly been challenges that come hand in hand with your new job. What would you say perhaps a high has been? And then in turn, a low. Ooh, the high for me, you know, I am a big Beyonce fan. So when they asked me to teach the Beyonce tread class, it was literally a dream come true. <laughs> so that was probably one of my highs. Your girls were probably like, mom, they watched it. They, they had it on the TV. They were so excited. <laughs> They're like, she's really Beyonce. <laughs> um, so that was probably one of my highs. I think it's trying not to get so down on myself when I'm trying to balance it all. It's not easy. It's not easy mm. being a single mom. It's not easy having a six and a five-year-old right now in a very scary time. It's not easy to step out on the tread and bring light when some days you just don't have it, um, you know, and balancing all the classes and, and stuff. So it, it's a balancing act, you know, it's, it's, it's really trying to figure out the sweet spot. I don't know if you ever do. So it's learning to balance it all. Everybody asks me, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't, I have a team. It takes a village. <laughs> you know, my mom's in town right now. You know, I lean on a lot of people for help, for guidance, for support. Jess Sims has been my rock throughout this whole thing. I lean on her all the time. I'm like, I need five minutes to vent. And then you could tell me I'm crazy. And I'll just be like, <laughs> and then she's like, are you done yet? And then we'll figure it out and then move on. So, you know, it's, I don't do it all by myself. And it's been great having such a supportive team. And it takes a village at home too. I think it's really special what you said about it's okay to like not pretend everything is like all roses all the time. Because I think especially as someone that is at the helm of a community, it's really important to see that dose of reality. Like it's more valuable to show up and be like, yo, I am going through it today. And if you are too, like, this is our opportunity to do X, Y, Z, then be like, I am so stellar all of the time. <laughs> Absolutely not. I call myself the hot mess express on the tread. And people resonate <laughs> with that. They were like, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I will never claim to be perfect. I always say it. I said perfection is boring as hell. If we were all perfect, how boring would life be? Amen. Amen. Okay. So at this point in the conversation, I love to reflect a little bit about what it is that people see when they go to your Instagram. Right now, someone goes to your Instagram page, they see a woman with almost 36,000 followers. You're one Peloton instructor, an RRCA certified run coach, certified cycling coach, a mother. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? Oh, I see a strong, black, independent woman that is unapologetically her, that's chasing after her dreams, that is a independent mother that is um, proud of herself. I really am. It's beautiful. I really am. And um, it's also a work in progress at the same time. You could be a work in progress and be exactly who you want to be at the same time. And um, that's who I see in the mirror when I look there. 
aside from fitness, what would you say your outlets have been over the last couple of years? Aside from fitness, what would my outlets have been? I, I love my village. I have a mom gang of women that we have those hard belly laughs and we'll have a bottle of wine and we'll just be silly. I think it's moments like that where you could just unwind and take off and be who you are and know that you don't have to be, you know, politically correct at this moment. You could just have a good time with your girls and just relax um, and not move your body. Cause now I like to sit, you know, when I'm not working and sitting is good. Sitting is good. <laughs> so I think it's those moments. I think it's, it's spending real time with my kids. Um, I'm in awe of them every day and doing homework with them. You know, some people say it's stressful. I, I find joy in it. So I think it's those moments that, you know, I cherish as well. What would you say the best piece of advice has been for you over the last couple of years going through the thick of it with all of this transition for you and your girls and your family? It's being okay with fear, facing fear head on, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but I really believe if you have something on your heart, you can call created and destined to go after it. And that has been how I've moved over the last three years. And it's, it's really worked out on my favor. Is it easy? No, but has it been worth it? Absolutely. What excites you right now? I love doing what I'm doing. Like, it's really, like, I'm excited to go get on the tread and run for 30 minutes tonight. And that was never the case. Let me tell you something. I used to not like to run at all. My girlfriend's like, let's go out for a run today. I'm like, let's not. But I really have begun to enjoy what I do. Like, I love wholeheartedly what I do. I love playlisting and running to music and inspiring and motivating and then getting on live after and hearing all the feedback and, and chatting with the members. It is really fills and warms my heart. And that's how I know I'm walking in purpose. You know, I would do it for listen, Peloton, I'm not gonna do it for free. But I would I was doing it for free before. <laughs> I love, I genuinely love what I do. I was on Instagram live doing the thing for free. You know, that's when you know you are walking in your purpose. And I really, truly enjoy what I do every day. Winding it down now, my friend. Okay. Right now, you have an opportunity looking back on that really hard time, back-to-back -back miscarriages. You have an opportunity right now to offer that woman a piece of advice going through those hurdle moments. What do you tell her? Oof. What do I tell her? I tell her to keep your eyes open. It may be very dark where you're at, but keep your eyes open. Keep the faith. Keep hope. Find something that brings you joy. It may be hard. It may be difficult, but find that one thing and hold on to it and cling to it. There's a lesson to be learned in this moment. So keep your eyes open and be aware of it. And, and once you find it, hold on to it. Beautiful. Kirsten, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you for having me. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me all your info. You can follow me on Instagram and I am Kirsten Ferguson and find me on the tread. On the tread. I'm over at Emily Body and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>